It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to another episode. Another episode. They just keep coming. They keep coming. I'm, I'm going to just repeat everything you say. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just... Let's just see how that goes for a while. It's uh, like a parrot. Would that be what it is? The parrot that, that repeats you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Mm-hmm. It's a parrot. I but remember yeah. there was um, uh, Vancouver Mall, uh, which... Is this still called Vancouver Mall? It was like Westfield Shopping Center. and then no, they... it was Westfield Shopping Town. Okay, but then it got changed. I think it's back to Vancouver Mall because yeah. everyone just called it Vancouver Mall. Right. Well, yeah. what, whatever. <laughs> anyway, there's this little pet store in Vancouver Mall, and they've had this parrot in there for like a million years. I mean, the parrot's like 60 years old because they live forever or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like their main feature. And my girls, you know, like we just, when we're in the mall, which rarely ever happens, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, malls used to be a thing. I, I don't think there is much of a thing. I don't think so. Yeah. No. Anyway, but when you know we would go to the mall, especially when they were younger, because they have like a little play place there, and it was just like a, it was just something free to do right. for the kids. Um, and it was indoors. And it's indoors, exactly. So you could do it in the winter, which is important right. when you live in the Northwest. So we'd go to the mall, we'd go to the play place, we'd always go to the pet store, and my girls just love that parrot. You know, mm-hmm. it's been there forever because uh, it says like a few things. And um, I don't understand how that all happens, like vocal cords or anatomy. I That's don't understand that. That's pretty astounding. That. I don't know. Yeah. But what it sounds to me is how long they live, man. If you yeah. get a parrot, you're committing. Yes. <laughs> like you're committing. You better for... be ready to have this bird for a long time. Oh, my goodness. Or you just let it go outside and then <laughs> just see what <laughs> happens. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Like just to... A random bird, a random parrot, parrot flying just like, around, and yeah, just like or just like show, like just lands on one of your trees, shows up at your house one day. That would and, be random. Yeah. You're like, I yeah. feel like this is a pet, but I don't know. Is it domestic? It is it random. wild? Probably hey, not any more random than this conversation and start to this episode, but still pretty random. You know, right? But great segue <laughs> into what I was gonna say. Not the interview, right? Um, but but I was gonna say we got a kitty, which was really exciting. Did you? Um, yeah, uh, you might remember those who longtime listeners of the show. We had to put our cat mm-hmm. down about six months ago, and uh, you know we didn't want to just the day after go out and and get a new kitty. Uh, you know we we wanted to kind of just work through the grief, and mm-hmm. we wanted to you know not uh, just try to you know get like a rebound pet right, or a rebound whatever. cat, rebound cat. <laughs> so it's been about six months. And it kind of felt like the right time, and so we just got a kitty, eight weeks old. I mean, cool. yeah, tiny, tiny, little, cute, cute little sweet thing. So, so nice. fun. Yeah, having a kitty is really fun, especially because our other two cats. You know, Bailey was super old, you know, obviously, because you know we had to put him down. But you know, both of our cats are just like lazy. All they do is just sit around at home all day. So having a kitty that actually does <laughs> stuff, like that actually right. plays, yeah. we're like, whoa, this is fun. Yeah. 
remember why you wanted the cat in the first place. Yeah, it's funny because I I recognize that in probably six months to a year, this cat, Rosie, will mellow out and she'll probably be like our other cat, Daisy. Mm -hmm. Um, But check this out. So uh, here's the history of all of our pets. Tell me if you can notice what's in common with them. Uh, Daisy, Bailey, Hammy, Lucy, Rosie, and then we have our kids, Callie, Haley, and then Melanie. Yeah. They all end in the E. They all have the E sound. <laughs> and it was totally unintentional. Um, we never planned it. So uh, now you got to change your name to Kevy. <laughs> <laughs> so you fit in. Yeah, you know, uh, me and Melanie named our first two cats, and we just liked the names. And then we named our girls, and we liked the names. And then our girls named our pets, and somehow every single right? thing yeah. has ended with an E. Yeah. And then I'm the oddball. I'm Kevin. Yeah. Whatever. You stand out. You I should. Do. You're the I, only man in the house. It there should, we go. It should, it should, it should be it's different. It's true. Yeah, yeah. All the all the uh, two girls, a wife, and all three of our pets are females. Yeah. Lucy, Rosie, and Daisy. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> so this morning, yeah, yeah. or this morning, today uh, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Today we've got uh, another interview. Good interview, uh, I believe. A, a really good interview. It's going to be encouraging for you guys to listen to. Chris Horton of Worship Cohorts. Some of you probably heard of it because it's, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. So it's probably been out there for you guys to hear of. So worshipcohorts.org is where you can go look up the information if you haven't uh, already done so on the pod pod uh, podcast page and all the posts and all that stuff. So I uh, encourage you to go pull that up and have that in front of you while he's talking. But for now, here's our interview with Chris Horton of Worship Cohorts. Well, we are here with... Chris Horton, not to be confused with Horton Here's a Who. Ooh. I'm sure there's no real actual connection there. But but uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast. We're, we're thrilled to have you on as a guest today. Man, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to spend some time with you guys. Yeah. I'll tell you, David, that was just the worst intro, Wasn't man. It? It's like, not the worst I've Horton ever done. Horton Here's a Who? Come on. But but, it's, but yeah. it's a classic. Well, yeah, but I don't think Chris wants to, you know, I mean, that's, come on. <laughs> I've I've never heard that one before. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure original. that's never never ever totally come up. Original. Chris is over there, like, yeah, yeah here we okay, go again. Here we go oh, again. Boy. Yeah, we're like five seconds into the interview, right. and he's already getting blasted with Horton hears a who. It is a great story, though. Yeah, it is. Doctor Seuss was. Yeah, Doctor Seuss was he's, amazing. He's a good guy, man. But uh, anyway, Chris, <laughs> right off the bat, would you just uh, give us a little bit of your personal history, your story? Tell us about who you are, and then. Quickly, uh, just kind of break the ice on worship cohorts, and we'll get talking about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, Midwest uh, Midwest kid, raised in a, a Christian home. Um, obviously, went through all of the adolescent struggles that most people most people go through. And yeah, and, uh, I, I went through them. David, yeah, David no, was yeah. perfect yeah. though. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. I was gonna say, I wonder what that's like. I'm, I'm not, uh, <laughs> not quite there, but, um, yeah. So I was really involved in in church and youth group and stuff uh, growing up. Started leading worship when I was 15. Uh, my youth group didn't have a band or anyone leading us in worship every week, and I had started playing guitar a few years earlier and talked to my youth pastor about it, and we all thought it was a good idea that we'd have worship every week. So I just started doing it. Um, like, so just, just you on a guitar, just like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do this thing and let's, let's do some worship. Yep. Started in a living room and, uh, when the youth group got too big to meet in the living room, we started meeting at the church and then we 
grew from me to a full band. Um, and so all through high school, I was kind of getting acclimated to what leading worship is and what it means and learning about that. And so I went to college and studied worship leadership uh, for one year actually at Milligan College in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, it's a small Christian Christian college. Uh, ended up transferring to Southeast Missouri State and studied music performance there. Nice. Um, and then getting out of uh, college, uh, just there were some wounds from the church there from me for a while. And so uh, I was I didn't walk away from the church, but I was pretty frustrated. And, and God used that and some other circumstances in my life to kind of break down what I thought I knew about him and what I thought I knew about who I was uh, and really get a hold of my heart. And my faith really started to become my own when I was about 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brought me out of a lot of sin into, um, into the, the ever interesting and, uh, Oh man, sorry. Just getting kind of emotional thinking about some of this, but, um, yeah, just, just the journey, uh, down the path, uh, of pursuing righteousness and holiness and yeah. learning, learning what that is. So. Hmm. Wow. Uh, that's really great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I think it's, it's always great to kind of understand and know a little bit, you know, just that journey. Cause we've all been on the journey and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's journey is a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so refreshing when you, yeah, when you hear that story, you know, like I, I once was dead, but now, you know, I, I've been made new. Uh, that's yep. that's great. No, I think it's great for us to hear on the podcast too. I mean, so often an interview on a podcast can just kind of be about data. Essentially, it's about just kind of covering information. And but when we realize that it's a real personal story led by uh, you know personal relationship with God that's changed someone's heart, that's driving why we're even having this conversation. I think it's real important for us to, to keep up with. Yeah, yeah man, I, I think it's important for churches as a whole to not get bogged down in logistical everyday stuff that we get bogged down in so often and, mm-hmm. and keep uh, life transformation and lost people coming to know the Lord at the forefront of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, you know, if you work in a church too often, you you get overwhelmed with meetings and to-do lists and planning center stuff. And if you're a worship leader, like updating your chord charts or, you know, whatever, however it is you, you spend your time. And, and I'm just like, man, make sure what you're doing is, is uh, geared towards impacting people's lives and preaching the truth of the gospel. Um, so that's great. So, uh, Chris, so you're currently the, uh, worship leader at journey church and, uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. And as I understand it, uh, Journey has a number of campuses, and so you're the worship leader on the uh, the West County campus. Um, yep. But uh, what we want to talk about today is the worship cohort. So in 2012, you kind of became president of worship cohort. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that journey, that process, even some of the background um, of what brought uh, what brought you to a place where you were kind of um, helping out with this whole worship cohort thing? Yeah. So, uh, a good friend of mine that I went to college with named Josiah Potter, uh, was a worship pastor in Orlando, Florida, uh, at the time. And this was 2010, I believe. And I was just getting started in full-time ministry. Uh, and he started it because he was new to the city. Um, he, he emailed 
six or seven worship leaders in Orlando and said, I want to get to know the context in which the, I, I'm serving. And, uh, and they spent two and a half hours in a Chick-fil-A just talking about what God was doing uh, in their city and getting to know each other. And they said, man, this is amazing. We should do this every month. And so he immediately left that meeting, called me and said, as you get started in ministry, this would be so beneficial for you to come, come together with guys who've been doing it longer than you have, uh, guys who know your area better than you do, uh, to learn from them, to pray together, to hear how they're doing things, what might work in your context, what might not work, just to, just to pray together, um, to help resource each other. And, and so I started uh, the cohort in St. Louis at the end of 2010. I think it was November um, and so I've been a part of it ever since then. But, um, in 2012, early 2012, Josiah became a lead pastor and planted a church. And so not being a worship leader anymore, he wanted to be in the hands of a worship leader. And we had been kind of partnering on some stuff for a while. And so he handed it off to me and I've been the president ever since. And we've just seen God do some incredible things uh, in the last few years, for sure. Now, is is the worship cohort just based in St. Louis? Um, are there kind of other areas uh, where you guys are at? So uh, because I've taken the lead on things, I've developed a leadership team here in St. Louis that's, that's based here. But there's cohorts in eight states right wow. now. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and it's not been any big promotion that we've done. It's not been, Hey, we're going to go speak at whatever conference or whatever. It's just been relationships. Like this guy was a part of the cohort here, but then he moved over here and he thought it was awesome. So he wanted to get to know his new city. So he started one Mm -hmm. there. Um, or one of the guys knows, this girl over here who's a worship leader out West and they're going to start it out there. And so it's really just been word of mouth and then people stumbling upon our website, reading about what it is uh, that we do, that we value and saying, Hey, this could be valuable in my city. How do I start one? Doesn't sound that dissimilar from kind of our journey, right? Yeah, totally. We started as one of the reasons we started the podcast was because we, we needed some support and encouragement. And we and thought that was what, eight years ago or nine, nine years, nine ago. years ago, yeah. man. And, uh, and so that's kind of been our journey. And then you, but you started something locally with Clark County worship leaders. Yeah. Network yeah. And, the, uh, yeah, the worship leader network thing that we started getting together. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that was a really, you know, kind of like what you were saying, Chris, uh, it was just one of those seasons where there's this need and, you know, for, for a season, uh, you know, we'd have 20, 30 people getting together and then it started becoming less and less and less. And then it was just like two people and then, and then it stopped. Right. Um, yep. But, you know, I mean, for, for four years or so, you know, three or four years, you know, getting together and yeah, I mean, it, it, similar kind of journey, what you were sharing, Chris, just recognizing a need and trying to come together, encourage one another, all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is, it is a very seasonal thing. I think like there are definitely, there are months where we'll have 20, 30 there. Uh, so there's five cohorts that have been active in St. Louis. And so we try to do like, Hey, quarterly, we're going to come together in a bigger, you know, bigger venue. St. Louis is very spread out. And so one end of the Metro area to the other end is an hour and a half drive. And that's a lot of ground to cover. If you're trying to find one 
centrally located place to right. fit that many people in a room yeah. um, and have it not uh, just kind of be a mess. And so we're like, okay, well then we'll break off to this part of the city when it's uh, necessary. And then this part of the city. And so that's just kind of, kind of what happened. And some months there are four people there and some months there are not. And we, it's not an original idea. Like there are things like this happening all over the place. Right. We just tried to put a little bit of structure to it and give, give some helpful guidelines. And this has worked for this group over here. This has worked for us. Uh, whatever is needed in your city, you're the one that knows that. And so serve as the Lord is leading you and calling you to serve, uh, but do your best to meet those needs. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to dig into some of the, some of the stuff you provide to kind of help facilitate this. But before we do, would you just share with us website and other information? So that someone's listening to this podcast, they could go look that up and kind of have that in front of them as we get into it. Absolutely. So our website is worshipcohort.org. Um, and then you can email info at worshipcohort.com if you have more questions, if you're interested in starting one or just want to, uh, just want someone to chat with. I know that there's a couple guys across the country who aren't part of cohorts, but need that encouragement. And so they've emailed us and we just have someone call them, either I call them or one of our other leaders calls them and we just chat with them for a little bit. Little bit, so. so the website is worshipcohort.org. The email is info at worshipcohort.com. Yep. Okay. Just yep. make sure we had that right. .org.com. It's all good. <laughs> yep. We had an old website and it, some stuff got messed up with that. And so we couldn't reattain the .com. So we switched to .org. Uh, <laughs> just start it over. Just scratch the whole thing. Yeah, go .org. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? There yeah. you go. But uh, maybe, maybe if you will, uh, before we get into some of the specifics and nitty gritty of it, maybe you wouldn't mind sharing with us some of the fruit that has come out of of your own experience in the worship cohort. Kind of, kind of paint a picture for us, if you will, some of some of the ways this has affected you and in, in your role as a worship leader and and just as a follower of Christ. Yeah, um, man, I don't. That's a tough one to like even begin to where to right. you know where to where to start. But uh, I mean, I have some of my closest friendships now due to the worship cohort um, because what started out as support for local worship leaders became, and this guy just opened up about how in trouble his marriage is, and uh, and we need to make sure we're available to go hang out with him or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go, go chat with them or put he and his wife in touch with someone that can, can help them. Because it seems to me that a lot of people in ministry feel isolated regardless of what your job is. And, um, it doesn't need to be that way. And churches in local communities don't need to be in competition with each other. We can help each other and we can work together. Um, and so that's really what it started out as, and, and we just found that people really started opening up about what was going on in their lives. And it became more about that um, in some meetings than even just worship leading or what's going on in the church or how-to stuff. Like it was a support group for worship leaders. And so I've been encouraged in so many ways um, being invited into that part of people's lives that I wouldn't have known outside of something like the cohort. And so man, it's just a great way to not be separated from people who understand what it means to do what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great safe place to be able to talk out frustrations you might have with your lead pastor 
or your elders or someone else on your team? Like, has anyone else encountered a situation like this before? How do I faithfully and in an honoring way navigate that conversation? Um, so yeah, God has just provided a lot of opportunity for us in that. And it's been pretty amazing to be a part of. Now, I imagine, Chris, there's a lot of people probably listening right now and they're thinking, wow, this sounds amazing. You know, to actually have someone that I can be in community with, you know, to actually uh, have someone that uh, can I can talk to or that can listen to me. I mean, it sounds to me like some of, you know, the, the core values of this whole idea, this whole worship cohort idea is this concept of a community. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of your core values and what you guys are trying to accomplish with uh, this worship cohort? Yeah. Uh, another one of the things that we really noticed was the lack of relationships amongst local churches in a community. And so when you talk about serving your community or being a part of your city or whatever's going on around you, um, you can't neglect the church at the other end of the street. Um, they're just as much a part of your community. They're trying to do a lot of the same things that you're trying to do. And even though we have differing um, opinions on secondary theological issues, we're serving the same God. Um, we're all united under the banner of Christ. And I just, I am of the belief that we need to start living that out a little bit more than we do as the local church. And so getting together in a room with worship leaders at Episcopal churches and Lutheran churches and Methodist churches and independent Christian church and Baptist church and Acts 29 churches to see all of those people come together um, in one room to see how much we have in common as opposed to how different we are, um, has just been a huge, amazing thing. And, and so we found that the things that we were doing were really based around relationships and discipleship, like discipling each other, um, up in Christ, um, preaching the gospel to one another and building those relationships that last longer than your ministry uh, at your local church will last. I mean, every position in leadership is temporary, uh, and you're accountable for it, but it's temporary and we can't forget that. Um, and so it's about supporting the person. It's about, uh, supporting the other ministries of the local churches that are going on. And it's about building up a community. And so if, if someone listening is feeling like you've, like you felt and like we felt, you know, okay, I'm in this all alone. And I, I feel like this as a lead pastor now at, at times, like there's just no one that really understands what I'm going through. Like in my life, the pe I know there are a lot of people around me that, that love me and care for me and, and they want to support me and they want to encourage me and so on and so forth. But they, they just don't know what it feels like to be in this role. And so I really need, I really need a community of people that I can, I can kind of talk with uh, that I can encourage and they can encourage me. We can sharpen one another and so on and so forth. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure I, I know I feel that way. And so I'm sure that there are those who are listening who are feeling that way. If somebody was wanting to get started with a worship cohort of their own, where would they begin? What would be the first step? Uh, the first step would be email us info at worshipcohort.com and I or someone, um, on my team, we'll get in touch with them and just kind of get to know them a little bit. We'll chat on the phone for maybe an hour, uh, hour and a half, uh, just kind of hear why they think a cohort would be beneficial. Um, oh, wait a second. Their... You said you'll, you'll chat with them on the phone. 
<laughs> like, like, like phone, like, like, like a real person. Like, wow, not, not, not like a, uh, some person in India. Um, like an actual real person talking on the phone. Not a, not it's a not, machine. It's not just like a, like a twelve-page form they fill out online and then. You know, they talk, no. you know, so, okay, wow, yes. that's impressive. They, You're they, actually going to talk to a human being. That is. Yeah, how often, will, how often does that happen anymore? Yeah, I don't, I don't think like, that happens ever. <laughs> even when I, even when I call my, uh, I had to call uh, my cell service provider, Verizon, the other day. It took me like 20 minutes to just talk to someone. I had to go through <laughs> all these like phone trees and all the menus. And I'm like, I just got a question. And like you say, you're a person. Human being, <laughs> I want to talk to someone that breathes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just never happens, right? So yeah. anyway, we sidetracked that. I was just, I was really impressed that they would actually talk with you on their someone on the phone. So continue. That's Sorry. great. Oh yeah, I mean, we we value logistical planning and and menus as much as the next person, I guess. But uh, relationships, are really, what this is driven by. And so yeah, we'll we'll chat with them and get to know them a little bit um, here what specifically they feel the need in their community is, and then honestly just try to point them in the right direction. I mean, we have a little um, application that they fill out. It's like four questions, but that's just information for us. It's like, oh, someone in Chicago wants to get this started, but they feel like they don't have any traction. Well, got this other email from someone in Chicago, so those two people need to get connected. Um, that's that's all that form is for. Yeah. And it's just like a Word document that, that we send them. But... Um, yeah, we get to know them here, uh, where the desire to start this is coming from, uh, and then just try to point them in the right direction. We do have a next steps document that we'll send them. Um, we do have things that we ask. There's a little bit of accountability to it because we don't want to be promoting a meeting that's not happening anymore. Right. We've had that happen a couple times early on where we didn't do a great job of following up, uh, and that was a big failure on on my part. And we were promoting a cohort in Tampa, Florida that hadn't met for eight months. <laughs> and I was like, why is this still on our website? And so actually right now on our website, that page is like under construction because I'm like, until we get our ducks in a row and, and we know who's regularly meeting, we're not going to put any info out there. But we have names of people to connect across the country, which is mm. a great thing. Yeah. So. What um I, I'm curious. What are some of the long term aims? What are some of the long term goals of uh, the worship cohorts? A long term aim uh, or goal. I mean, I, I really feel that the lo- I mean, the longer everyone's in ministry, uh, your views change on things. Like you come into it having whatever your experience was as a volunteer or doing an internship or in school or whatever it is. And you think, you know, exactly what you're going to do. You think you are coming into this and man, we're going to play this song or I'm going to, I'm going to speak on this topic and it's going to be amazing and blah, blah, blah. And you get up there and you bomb, um, or whatever. But, but I, I feel like, uh, development of the person is, is the biggest long-term goal that I would point to. And I know that that's kind of vague a little bit, but if you ever get to a point where you think you don't need to develop as a leader, um, in the church or just as a person in general, in your relationship with Christ, um, I, I think that you missed something and, and that that's a huge miss in your life. And so I would say development of, of the person's relationship with Christ and development of them as a leader, um, 
through that relationship, discipleship, those values that we talked about is the long-term goal of the, the cohort. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, we're just about out of time, believe it or not. Um, we're going to have to start wrapping things up. But as we do, um, what words of encouragement, what words of maybe uh, even challenge and maybe a little bit of prodding might you give to some of our listeners who maybe there are some who just need a little encouragement and and they uh, they they know they want community, and so now they have a tool, a resource to maybe go get started. But maybe there are those who are listening who think, "Nah, like you said, I'm good. I you know I don't really need to learn anything. I just need to kind of go do my thing." And I know we've encountered that mm-hmm. as we've kind of uh, done this over the years. That there are some who who really kind of need to be uh, challenged a little bit, maybe to put it politely yeah. and say, "Hey, you're you're not as good as you think you are." or as strong as you think you are. So why don't you uh, put down your shield and take off the facade and come join us and let's all be real people for a minute. You know, what would you say to those two groups of people? Um, Well, so I would say to the discouraged group of people first, um, you're not alone. And, and I know that in that discouragement, it's easy to be blind to the opportunities for help around you. Um, And I would just say that the Bible tells us that, God says, I've provided for the birds of the air um, food. How much more will I provide for you? Yeah. Uh, and, and so that is included in that is community and relationships. And I think those opportunities are out there um, for everyone. That's, it, it's an attainable thing to get to. So I would, I would say that to them. And then to the, the person who doesn't think they need it, I would say I've known a lot of people who didn't think they needed it and they fell really hard and then they needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that everyone is on that track, uh, but I, I think that's a pretty common story. And that doesn't mean like failure, like, oh, you're disqualified from ministry, fall. It means you think that this epic, amazing thing that you're working on is going to just change the world and change your church and everyone's going to get on board with you. And it's just not the way it works. Like people are complicated and people have their own pasts and their own opinions. And, and that includes us and we need to continue to learn from each other. And if you're as good as you say you are, come to a cohort because I want to learn from you. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not that good. So yeah. if you are that good, come share your wealth of knowledge with me because that's awesome. I've, I've been doing it about 15 years and I'm not, sure that I'm that good at this. So that is great. Hey, uh, Chris, random question for you. I, I know we're out of time, but I just have to ask this. This has nothing to do with worship cohort. This is just like a random for fun question. So you're in St. Louis. I don't know if you're a football fan or not, but what's the general vibe of people now that the Rams are in LA? Are people like just mad? Are they, are they frustrated? Are they sad? <laughs> I, I, I want to hear from an insider, an actual St. Louis resident what the vibe is. We don't care for the NFL as a whole. <laughs> Got it. Um, and, and I, and I think truthfully, this is just my point of view. There, there are a lot of people that share this. I don't blame Kroenke for the move. Like the, the franchise overnight went from being worth 1 billion to being worth 2 billion. Mm. I would, I would make that move as well. However, uh, we, yeah, I mean, Oh, we're working on all the options. Like they're obviously not going to tell us what's going on, but they already had their foot out the door. And so we feel very lied to and betrayed. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so, so we don't, we don't care for the Rams. We don't care for Kroenke and we don't like Roger Goodell very much. Wow. So, so uh, to follow quick follow up, like 
do do people in St. Louis, like former fans of the Rams, do they still root for the LA Rams? Or is it like you're like, no, we're done. Like they're dead to me. I think most people are done with them. Uh, I think there's there's a few diehards that are like, oh, it's not the players' fault. Like I'll always root for the always root for their favorite players or whatever. Like I went to church with a few of the players here for a while a few years ago and got to know a couple of them. Like they're no longer with the team, so I don't have to worry about it. But <laughs> um, but like I'll root for those guys or guys on the team that I like. Like want them to do well. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I mean as a whole, we like. I mean, we got the Cardinals and the Blues and Mizzou and, and some Illinois fans. So we like college football. We like baseball. We like hockey. Cool. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, that yeah. was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so uh, worshipcohort.org or info at worshipcohort.com is how you get a hold of Chris if you want to get more information about this. They've got that Next Steps PDF that would probably be a great resource that, that you could probably get as well from them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I would just encourage our listeners, start a conversation, uh, go, go talk and, and maybe you're already doing something like this in your town, but, uh, but talking to Chris and maybe kind of putting to putting a little more bones and, and structure behind it might actually help you do what you're doing a little bit better. And, and it could grow to something that maybe you couldn't do on your own, but with the resources they have from working with these groups over eight States, they could probably provide you a little bit better uh, perspective on what's possible in your group. If you're if you're willing to just call and talk. So, so call and talk, send the email, get the process started. And Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, hope, hope things go well for you there in St. Louis and that we get a chance to talk to you again in the future. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there it is. There you have it. I, um, uh, Boom. For for anyone that's still listening uh, right now, I have to apologize for my my friend David with his horrible Horton Hears a Hugh cut reference at the beginning of that you don't have interview. To apologize for no, me. I I'm apologizing on behalf I, of I worship bet there misery. There was somebody, one person who listened that laughed, and that's all that matters. <laughs> as long as one person laughs, <laughs> man. No, he, he was uh, he was great though. Yeah. Um, you know, I really I, I appreciated talking to him because, um, you know, he like. He, he saw this need, right? And and it's kind of like what you and I have talked about, where we've we've recognized needs, we've seen needs. Uh, we wanted to start doing this podcast because we wanted to try to do something for the local church. And same thing, you know, Chris, he, him and his buddy uh, Josiah um, from uh, from Orlando. You know, it's like, hey, there's a need here. Let's start doing it. And instead of just instead of just like, oh, let's do it for us, they're like, let's do this and help others do right. it. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just can't emphasize enough. I think the the need for this, and I know uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit in the interview, but um, it's easy in the church world to just kind of get in your own circle and stay there, and it actually takes effort to branch outside of that. And but I think I think when we don't when we don't build community with the rest of the body, you know, it just really limits our perspective on on what the kingdom of God is, and. Um, I would just really want to encourage people to branch out a little bit, you know, go, go find someone. And I've got a couple pastors that I meet with and um, have, have had a hard time building that community as a pastor, as a lead yeah. pastor. And, um, and it's unfortunate, it's frustrating to me, but it's, un, you know, it's unfortunate that it, that it's so hard, you know, mm-hmm. that, and I just, you know, you know, I'm kind of preaching to the people that I maybe would wish would, would open up a little bit more, but it's like, you know, go, 
go have coffee with the worship leader down the street. Or if you're a pastor, go have coffee. You know, you make take the initiative to go have coffee with yeah. someone else and, and just start it and, you know, just see what God will do with it. Because I know the the more we the more we build relationships with other churches, the more God can do through the connected inner interwoven body of Christ as a whole. And yeah. I think it's just, you know, it's it's a real shame that we've kind of gotten so individualistic and mm. segregated as churches in our in our era. So I would just I I wanted to press on that a little bit good. more. Good. Good word. Good word. Um, yeah, great interview. Uh again, if you're interested in learning more about um that concept of a worship cohort, uh go to worshipcohort.org. And yeah, like if you email the guy, they'll actually call you. Yeah. Uh, they'll actually talk with you. Cool. They'll chat with you. Very cool. Uh, it's not a form letter. It's not some random person. It's not a machine that you have to go through a bunch of phone tree stuff to get someone. Just send them an email to info at worshipcohort.com. Uh, right. So that's all we have for today's episode. Uh, you can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. Send an email to, to me, uh, well, not me, uh, Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. <laughs> but, um, and then, of course, we'd love for you to go check out our partner, and that is GardenCityProject.org, and just uh, go see what they've got going out there, and I uh, appreciate Dave and the work he does to schedule interviews and, and uh, line all this up for us, and just uh, a, lot of, a lot of good kingdom-minded stuff happening there as well. So go check them out. But for now, we're going to sign off. We'll see you next time. That's it. Bye-bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. <laughs>